You're listening to the Mindful Weight Loss Podcast, episode number eight. It's time to look at weight loss in a whole new way. Instead of focusing on calories in, calories out, you'll learn how to use your brain to transform your body and heal your relationship with food. If you're ready to lose your weight for the last time, you're in the right place. Because it's more than what you eat. It's who you are when you're eating. This is the Mindful Weight Loss Podcast. Here's your host, life and weight loss coach, Dr. Michelle Tupman. A couple of weeks ago, my husband and I were camping out in Kananaskis, which is one of our most favorite places to go for camping. We go almost every year. And although we go for the nature and the hiking and to get away from it all, there's also this one little shop at the registration area for one of the campgrounds that sells ice cream. Now, normally I'm not a big fan of ice cream. It's just not my thing. But they have this dark cherry ice cream that is absolutely to die for. And it's the only ice cream that I really love. And so every time we go to Kananaskis, I plan to have some of this ice cream. And I go a little bit nuts, which is a little strange because I don't really love ice cream. But what happens is that I know I can only get it this one time when we're camping in Kananaskis. And if I don't go camping again next year, then it's going to be two years before I can have it again. And I just get stuck in this mentality that if I don't have it now, I'm never going to have it. And I go a little crazy for the ice cream. And, you know, the same thing happens to me with Girl Guide cookies. So up here in Canada, the Girl Guides sell these delicious mint chocolate cookies and they sell them like in the fall, like October to December time. And it's the only time of the year where you can actually get these cookies. And I was driving around town the other day and I saw a sign for Dairy Queen advertising um, mint girl guide cookie blizzards. And I went nuts again. And remember, I don't even like ice cream, but I got it in my head that you can only get girl guide cookies, the mint kind once per month or sorry, once per year. And if I don't have it now, I'm not going to get it to the fall. And I went right through the drive through and I bought a freaking blizzard. And it's like, I didn't even enjoy it, but yet here I was And again, it's just, I needed to have it. I didn't think I was going to have it again for a long time. And, you know, then it happened again just a couple days ago. So I had a few days off work. So I decided to drive um, down to Canmore to to do some work for a few days. And Canmore is a lovely little mountain town in the Rocky Mountains. And it's about a three and a half, four hour drive away from where I live. And I got in the car and I freaked out. I thought, it's going to be four hours before I'll see food again. What if I starve? What if I break down and I don't have any food? And all of these worst case scenario thoughts started going through my mind. Now I was able to talk myself out of that one and drive to Canmore without any poor food decisions. But in the past, I wouldn't have been able to. And really this all comes down to scarcity thinking. You're thinking that there's not enough that you're not going to have the opportunity to have things again, that now is your one and only time. And your brain starts to panic and tell you, ah, you better have those things now. And so here is what actually happened in my brain when I saw the ad for the Girl Guide Cookies Blizzard, you know, for example. My first thought was, oh my God, this is my only chance to have these cookies. You know, I don't have this blizzard. I won't be able to have them again until they sell them in the winter. 
And then this immediately made me feel deprived. And I had this urgent need, this huge craving for the blizzard. And so I ordered one and I did damage control by ordering just like the little snack sized one. And of course that first bite was like heaven, but then it just didn't taste as good anymore. But I still ate the whole damn thing because I kept thinking this was my only chance. And what's funny about this is that prior to seeing the ad, I wasn't thinking about Girl Guide cookies at all. Like they weren't even on my radar. But here's the thing, deprivation or even just the anticipation of deprivation, like thinking I won't have another chance to have these cookies until the fall or won't be able to have that dark cherry ice cream until next summer. It throws you right into that scarcity mindset, the mindset that believes there's just never enough. And this is actually one of the reasons why traditional restrictive dieting fails so often. It's like when you have a scarcity mindset around food and in dieting, this will look like restricting certain foods or certain food groups or restricting the amount of food that you eat in general. It just triggers this deep, very primal need or urge for the foods that you've been denying yourself. It's like, think about the last time you decided to swear off certain foods. Let's say potato chips, for example. You harness your willpower and you avoid them for a week or two. And then you start to find yourself fixating on those chips, right? You think about them, you daydream about eating them. And then before long, the craving is just so strong that you give in and eat the chips. And if you think about it, many of us actually grew up in families that unwittingly instilled this scarcity thinking into us. Like how many of you are part of the clean plate club, right? How many times as kids did we hear clean your plate or no dessert, right? We all did. In fact, I have this memory of being a small child. I don't know, maybe five or six years old and it was winter time. And my dad had offered to take me out through the woods on the toboggan after dinner. And I was so excited because it was something that I loved to do but my mom wouldn't let me go until I finished my plate. And in all of the excitement, I just stopped eating. And all that was left on my plate was cold, mushy, canned peas. And I mean, these are not my favorite things to begin with. And when they've just gone cold and all congealed and mushy, they're absolutely disgusting. And I still remember how revolting it was for me to finish those peas so that I could go on the toboggan. And, you know, that still comes to mind from time to time, right? That I look at my plate and I think I've got to finish everything that's on here before I move on to the next thing. And it's simply not true, but it's something that we've been told time and time again as children, and we're choosing to believe that it is true, right? And, you know, another thing that often happens in families when we're growing up is thinking that, you know, I better get my share now before my siblings take it all. And, you know, my husband loves to talk about this. He is a extremely fast eater. And he always says that if he didn't eat fast, in fact, faster than his brother is at home, he wouldn't ever get seconds. And so his strategy was always to eat as fast as he could so that he could be the first one to get seconds or the first one to get dessert. And I think a lot of people experience this as children as well, that there's just competition between all the siblings and all the family members. And it just instills this feeling that there isn't enough for everybody. And if you just think about all the other times that this happens, even just from a cultural perspective, like Christmas cookies is an excellent example. 
right? We all like to go nuts with the shortbread and, you know, the other cookies and baking that comes out at Christmas time. And again, it's because we tell ourselves it's Christmas and it's the only time that we get to have these treats, right? Halloween candy, another great example. Any holiday for that matter, really special occasions, birthday, saying that you're only going to have birthday cake on your birthday because it's this one special day and you're just never going to have it again for the rest of the year. Going out to eat is another classic one. And, and this plays out with Rob and I all of the time. Now, we don't go out to eat all that often, but when we do, we choose to go to a really nice, fancier sort of restaurant and we want to experience the whole thing. And oftentimes that will include dessert and multiple drinks. And even if we don't want another drink and even if we're too full, for dessert, we tell ourselves, yeah, but we don't get to do this very often. So now's our chance to have dessert. It's simply not true, though. If we really wanted to, we could come back to that restaurant on another day and just have dessert. But we tell ourselves that this is our one and only chance. And if you think about it, it's not even just with food that this plays out in our lives, right? So if you think that you have a scarcity of money, you spend more right? If you think you have a scarcity of time, you take on more tasks. Like this is just how our brains work. And I've watched myself again, do this a million times over and over with money, right? And that, you know, when I was a poor starving student, I just had this urge to spend all of my money. And now that I've been able to save some, it's like, it's more appealing to me <laughs> to watch the money in the saving account grow than it is to spend it. Again, it's really just the way that our brains work. Now, unfortunately, this scarcity thinking is really just one more way our brains work against us in modern society. So back in caveman days, this was really a brilliant idea, though, because back then, food was never a certainty, right? Our ancient ancestors, well, they relied on hunting and gathering, and they were at the mercy of the seasons and climate. And so knowing that you may have to go for days without food as a caveman, it made total sense that when you did have food, you would eat as much of it as possible so that you could survive the periods of famine that might follow. But in today's society, food is literally everywhere. And if you live in North America, the chance of actually experiencing a famine is relatively low. I mean, yes, of course, there are families whose finances and economics don't allow them to eat as much as they might need to. But for the majority of us, food is easily accessible anywhere, right? But scarcity thinking is a choice. Really, it is. So when you're trapped in scarcity thinking, it's only because you're believing all the stories your brain is trying to tell you. You believe you can only have those cookies at Christmas, and you believe you can only have the Girl Guide cookies when they're sold in October, whatever it is. But what are the actual facts behind all of this, right? You can actually bake those Christmas cookies whenever the heck you want. You could choose to make shortbread in July if you wanted to. You just choose to believe that you can only have them at Christmas time. And, you know, this is excellent news, however, because you can choose to believe anything you want to about those Christmas cookies. If you believe that you can have them anytime you wanted them, the urgent need to have them at Christmas wouldn't be there. They would just be shortbread cookies, right? And so you can choose to transition to an abundance mindset instead. And you can do this by focusing on what you do have or what you can have instead of focusing on what you don't have. 
It's like, if you can think about what you get to do, what you get to eat, what you get to enjoy and how you get to choose to live your life, that just puts you in a much more empowered place when it comes to food. And I get that this might sound a little bit insane that here you are trying to lose weight. And I'm telling you to think about all the food that you do get to eat. But this is such a powerful mindset to adopt. And why is that? Well, because when your brain thinks that it can have all the things whenever it wants all the things, it doesn't want it as much. Like I watch this happen in my life all the time, right? Just like what I mentioned before with money, like especially with money, this happens for me. The more I have in that savings account, the less I want to spend it. I'm just much more turned on by the idea of watching it grow than spend it. And the same actually happens with food too. Like a great example that I'm experiencing currently is dark chocolate. I love dark chocolate and I just always plan for a little square of it in the evenings. It's a little treat for me. It's something that I love. And I have a bunch of high quality dark chocolate bars in the pantry. And those bars, they last me forever because most evenings I don't actually feel like I want any. And because I believe that I can have it every night if I wanted to, the urgency to have it just isn't there. And so it's actually rare that I actually want to have the chocolate. And in fact, most nights I just even forget that I have it. It's just not on my mind. But when I do have that piece every once in a while, when I do think about it, I really enjoy it. There's no urgency around it. There's no emotion around it. And, you know, the rest of the time, I'm not even thinking about dark chocolate. And, you know, so when you put all of the pieces together, I like to remind myself to keep myself in that mindset of abundance. And the first thing I like to say is there's always more where that came from, right? There's always more where that came from, right? It's not true that I have to wait till the summer to get this ice cream at Kananaskis. I'm certain if I asked what brand it was, I could find it in the shops anywhere I wanted to, right? It's not true that you can only get Girl Scout cookies from October to December because here we are in August and I was able to get them at the Dairy Queen right? So there is always more where that came from. Food is everywhere, right? And the second thing that I like to tell myself is there's plenty for everyone, including me. So much like my husband felt pressured to eat fast so that he could get seconds before his siblings. For me in social situations, when there's food, I sometimes think, oh, you know, if I don't get there first, I might not get any. And I'll have this thought, even if I'm not hungry, or even if I have plans to eat later, you know, whatever it is for me. But if I get in this mindset that there's just not enough for me, I like to remind myself and I'll, I'll say there's plenty for everyone, including me. Right. And I've been trying to train my husband to say this to himself too, just to get him to slow down a little bit. And then the third thing I like to tell myself is I can eat again when I'm hungry. Right. And a good example of this was on that road trip from home to Canmore, right? When I initially thought, yeah, you know, I better plan food or I better stop for food because I'm going to have to go three and a half, four hours in the car without any. But really, what is going to happen to my body if I go four hours with food? Absolutely nothing. I go four hours with food all of the time. 
I'm not much of a snacker. I have breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and there's usually at least four hours between those meals. And then what good, you know, eight, 10, 12 hours overnight when I'm sleeping that I'm not eating and nothing catastrophic happens to me. I do not die. I do not panic. There's no anxiety. Everything is perfectly fine. And so when I get in that scarcity mindset of saying there's not enough or there's a lack, I can remind myself that I can eat again when I'm hungry. Food is literally everywhere. So let's take a quick example of how this would play out comparing scarcity mentality to an abundance mentality. So here's an example for scarcity mentality. Let's say you tell yourself that tomorrow you're going to start your diet and you're not going to eat potato chips anymore. And since you think you're never going to eat them again, you start to feel anxious, start to feel a little jittery, and you completely gorge on those potato chips tonight, right? And then you feel overstuffed and gross and completely out of control. And maybe you even feel so powerless that you don't even start that diet the next day. But then if you do, it isn't long before that urge to eat chips just gets so huge and you give in. Like how many of you have seen that play out time and time again? So if you compare that to a scenario with an abundance mentality, and you're reminding yourself that you have permission to eat when you're hungry and whatever you need to eat when you need to eat it, then you have some peace of mind knowing that you can have anything if you really want it. And so when you do get hungry, you make better choices and you choose foods that make you feel satisfied and energized. And you don't have a chip eating frenzy because there's simply no need. And what's really great here is that once you start allowing yourself to eat foods that have been on the no-no list for you, then you find they no longer have the same appeal, right? It's like me in the dark chocolate. I know that I can have it whenever I want. All I need to do is go to the cupboard and take it out. And because that safety is there, I just don't want it anymore right? Contrast that to chips and dip, which is a real trigger for me. And, you know, we don't keep it in the house. And when I get a craving for chips and dip, and I know that we don't have any, that craving just gets worse and worse and worse, right? So I can get it. I can tell myself there's lots of chips and dip out there in the world. It's not a big deal. And then I feel much better. And so what can you do to help switch yourself from this scarcity mindset to a more abundance-focused mindset. And really, this comes along with being more intentional about looking for all the abundance that you have in your life. And so what I suggest you do is take your pen and paper and set a timer for 10 minutes and do a complete thought download on all the abundance that you have in your life, right? Just Write down all of the things that you do get to eat, all of the things that you get to do with your body, all of the amazing clothes that you get to wear, all of the fun adventures that you get to have in in life, all of the people you love and the people that love you and all the friends that you have and all the wonderful things that happen at work and all the flowers in your garden and all the love from your pets, right? Just make a list of all of the abundant things that you have in your life. And then as you move forward, just be intentional of really noticing when those show up, 
right? And if you want to be more intentional about it in terms of food, think about it. Think about it with each meal. It's like, think of all the things you get to have for breakfast, eggs and bacon and toast and pancakes and waffles and cereal and fruit and yogurt and oatmeal and all the things, right? There's just so much, so much. Think about lunch, salads, sandwiches, leftovers. There's just no end to the things that you can have for lunch if you wanted them, right? But instead, if you're just focusing on can't have chips, can't have sugar, you know, whatever rules that you've you've said to yourself, all you're going to think about is all of the times you can't have chips and all of the times you can't have sugar. Try and turn it around and look at all of the things you do get to have. And another thing that is helpful for this is really starting to incorporate a gratitude practice in your life. And I think gratitude and abundance mindset go hand in hand. Because when you think about all of the things that you do have in your life, all of the things that you do get to eat, it's almost impossible not to have a sense of gratitude around that as well. And so I actually have a practice of writing down five things that I'm grateful for every single morning. I've been doing this for a couple of years and it really helps set that tone for the day and put me in that mindset to continue looking for the things that I'm grateful for and to continue looking for the abundance in my life rather than the scarcity. And so this is a practice that I encourage you to do as well. And the limiting factor here is really your brain. And the big question is, how good are you willing to let it get? Because I promise you, if you start focusing on the abundance that you have in your life, and if you start practicing gratitude for those things, your life is going to get amazing. All right. As I mentioned last week, we're hosting 1% Wins Challenge starting on August 30th. And for this challenge, we're going to gather together in a private Facebook group for one week. And your challenge for that week will be to collect 100 little wins for yourself over the course of that week. And this is a great opportunity for you to also practice gratitude and being in the abundance mindset, right? So if you think you might need a little bit of help sorting this all out, come and join us for that challenge. If you're interested, just go on over to waysahealth.com forward slash win or click the link in the show notes below and we'll get you all set up and ready to go for that. I'd also love to hear about where you tend to fall into the scarcity mindset. So reach out to me at Ways of Health on both Facebook and Instagram and tell me all about it. All right, that's all for this week. I am so grateful to have you in my life and we'll talk again next week.